Hi everyone, welcome back to See the Invisible, Living with an Invisible or Rare Disease. My name is Rhonda Franny Jefferson, and thank you so much for taking some time to listen. If you're new here, just to tell you a little bit about the podcast, I hope to share some experiences, um, opinions that I may have after reading some articles, um, provide information, and just have some positivity in our lives by understanding that we're not alone even though we may have an invisible illness. Over the past few weeks, um, actually looking back, um, it's been the past four or five weeks, I have been focusing on asthma, um, but a lot of times when I'm discussing one particular illness, a lot of things within that discussion can apply to more than just that particular illness and today I am actually though going to be discussing information about traveling with allergies and allergies can sometimes trigger asthma attacks so they do all kind of work together so it can be very difficult when traveling Um, what I have found too that's important is there's overlap in some things there's issues with trying to accommodate those who have different invisible illnesses and I think that an understanding that everybody's situation is different really needs to be recognized and if everybody just comes together then you know we might be able to come up with some resolutions that help the most people So before I do get into the body of the podcast, I do just want to say that I am in no way a medical insurance or legal expert. If you do have any questions in any of those areas, please make sure that you're reaching out to the appropriate person so that you can get the most complete and accurate information. Again, um, what I usually do is, I'm an avid reader and I do look at a lot of different articles to see how it affects myself, maybe some family members. So I do give a lot of feedback on those articles. Sometimes um, I do a very scripted um, episode. Other times it's more kind of free form. Today, it's gonna be kind of a combo. I have the information and the points that I want to cover, but you know, if you know my communication is a little more hesitant today, it's because you know I kind of want a more organic response on how I'm feeling about certain issues and you know the different opinions that I've seen, and you know I just again you know I want it to be more of a natural response. Now the thing is this particular topic about traveling with allergies can be rather extensive. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at different strategies on how to travel with these allergies, but then also look at some things that have been, you know, making their way in the news. Now, I don't like making extremely long podcasts episodes, even though sometimes they do end up being extended. So if I do find that this is starting to go um, longer, say over 30 or 35 minutes, 
I may split it up into two sections. So um, if I do get to that point, I will definitely say that at the end of the episode so we know what we're covering for the next one. So again, today we are talking about traveling when you have asthma and allergies. And this can be very complicated. Um, Not everybody recognizes allergies or even asthma to be as serious as they are. Um, I've mentioned it before in previous episodes. Some people may just see allergies as, you know, like a sniffly nose or a little bit of a cough without understanding that it's more than that. Um, Besides, you know, just say the itchy eyes, which are very inconvenient, the sore throat or the sniffles or whatever you may get with that it's an inconvenience to you, but it can also trigger an asthma attack if you have asthma. So it's more than just, you know, minor symptoms that can be an inconvenience. And frankly, you know, if there's a way to avoid even the inconvenience of watery eyes or itchy eyes, things like that, you know, I think that accommodations and respect should be given to those who have the allergies. So a lot of things that we encounter is when traveling, if you're using a type of of transportation service, whether it be bus, train, or more frequently where the issues come up, planes. You know, you're in a confined space, air is being recirculated, so it's not like you may breathe in one or two times and let's just say you're allergic to a certain animal you know, it's not like you just breathe in one or two times, that same air is circulating and you're getting, you know, exposed to that dander. But there are even more dangerous types of allergies that people need to respect. Um, Now, tomorrow, um, I'm recording this late Sunday night, Um, tomorrow I have an infusion and, you know, with the infusion, you know, for one thing, I do start to have a reaction to that, so I'm automatically given Benadryl and um, a steroid to begin with when I start the infusion. And it can be rather lengthy. So, you know, I went the first time not knowing what to expect, but I did see that people were having snacks, things like that. Um, So the next time I went, since I knew I'd be there about four hours, I decided to pack some snacks as well. But while doing so, I thought, you know what? I don't know what the other people who are in the room, you know, may have in allergies. So I took out, you know, the granola bar that had peanuts in it. So I guess it was more of a protein bar, not a granola bar. Since I know that allergies to peanuts or tree nuts can be very, very dangerous. You know, while some allergies are not life-threatening unless it can trigger an asthma attack, you know, allergies to certain things can be very quick and need immediate medical assistance. So, you know, when you're flying, when you're in, you know, a bus, having having someone who has a peanut snack, um, or you know. I know that a lot of airlines used to hand out little things of peanuts for people to eat. So those things can be very, very difficult. 
So um, up to this point, it's kind of like an opinion piece, but I want to get into more of the steps that we can take. And you know, planning ahead is really the you know most key strategy in trying to make sure that you have the safest travel experience as possible. So your medications. Before you go, make sure you have everything refilled. If you take over-the-counter medications, have you know, that on hand with you. Um, you know, if you have a medical alert bracelet or necklace, that's important to have too, um, so that, especially if you're alone, someone will know what allergies you may have or any other medical condition that you may have. And, you know, especially, I would say for me, especially in this time, you know, maybe speak with your doctor, your, um, you know, I don't know what, who some people see for allergies. Um, I see an allergist and an immunologist, you know, maybe discuss things with them if there are certain issues that you think you might encounter. Um, now, before I continue, I just forgot to say something a little bit earlier. Um, I do link all of my sources into the description of the podcast, and as I have been with the past many episodes, I am looking at um, the AAFA page, which is the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America page, and there is a ton of information on here, so I have been, you know, relying on this a lot, so a lot of this information, if you go in and look at the links, it will be coming primarily from AAFA and the different articles that they have, even though I do have a few different other sources with this episode as well. Um, another thing to consider then is you know, whether or not, if there is some type of medical emergency, um, check with your insurance carrier to see if there's any certain requirements like um, if you have to notify them that you've been to the emergency room or you know, just different situations um, but with that being said if you are in a medical emergency you need to get to a hospital so if you're having a severe reaction do not think oh well I have to check with my insurance please take care of yourself get to a doctor, hospital, whatever is the closest medical facility. Um, if you are traveling and you know, you're going to be probably going to restaurants that you know you don't normally go to. I mean for myself too when I'm traveling that's one of the you know most exciting things is I think a lot of times we get into a rut about what we eat. You know it's like, okay, well, we have the same restaurants that we're eating at all the time. So traveling can give you that experience of, you know, trying something new. However, if you have a food allergy, if you're anything like me, um, that is kind of stuck in your mind the whole time whenever you're eating somewhere. I mean, you want to make sure that there's not cross-contamination, um, such as... You know, someone using a knife to cut something you're allergic to and then a minute later using that same knife to cut something that you will be eating. So, you know, be clear with the wait staff if that's who you're talking to. 
um, even if it becomes necessary to say speak with the chef or the kitchen manager it depends on you know what type of restaurant it is you know I've had experiences at a restaurant where it just seemed really like nobody cared it was just kind of like oh well you know and it was very very disheartening um, I've also had the whole issue of you know something comes with an item that I'm allergic to and I ask them not to put it there what did they do they they put it there I send it back it comes back out I can see where they've just moved removed the item or um, if it's a sauce that they've scraped it off and it's like I'm still coming in contact with it and you know, so there is a lot of to learn um, or for other people to learn about the seriousness of allergies so hopefully the restaurant will you know take those proper precautions and you know if it's a really customer oriented reputable restaurant they should do that um, now if your allergies are more what's considered seasonal um, things such as pollen I know sometimes if you go to certain websites, it will let you know the pollen count. I know, um, and I'm not going to mention the pharmacy, but I have a pharmacy, you know, app. And when I go there just to say, check my prescriptions, it will also give me information about what the air quality is and what the pollen levels are like. And granted, I live in an area that has a lot, a lot of pollen. So, um, you know that's a very important thing for a lot of people so just plan ahead and check some of those things um, you know beforehand now as far as airlines go um, and this will be a bigger part of um, the episode um, so again if I get to the end of some of the tips and it's going long I know this particular um, topic will get a little lengthy so I may just, um, instead of coming back to this on this episode, I may leave the, um, the topic for the next episode. But if you're traveling, um, especially in an airplane, and you have pet or food allergies, it can be very, very stressful. And I have been there, and, you know, it's, I've, I've mentioned I do have a couple of invisible illnesses and in some cases flight is more necessary for me um, because you know just traveling by car or you know SUV minivan whatever it's still not entirely comfortable or feasible without having some other medical issues come up just from that trip such as blood clots yes I know people um, say when you fly you're at risk for that as well but if you're taking an extended car trip it might be you know more detrimental to be stuck in a car for hours on end so you know again flying can be stressful for everybody if you have these allergies it it can just add to that stress so call ahead check with the airlines and just explain to them that you know this is a severe condition and you know just check on what the policy is for the airline now 
as something to keep in mind is sometimes these policies change. And especially if, say, you get a ticket a couple of weeks in advance, you know, it may be that some policies have changed. So you may want to even call ahead as, um, you know, as the time approaches and ask if anything has changed. Do you need to make any other accommodations? But, you know, as far as pet allergies go, ask about if they do allow pets in the cabin. Now, you know, service animals are 100% guaranteed to be on the plane. They are not considered pets. So um, service animals will be in the cabin. So what you would wanna ask is if they are aware if any other person who has, um, you know, book that flight has asked for um, their pet to be allowed to travel with them or if there is going to be a service animal um, you know on board so again as the time approaches you know if they say no no one's made these reservations you know as the time gets closer make sure you call back and see if anything has changed and something else and this is a really big thing too and I know feasibly with airlines it would be impossible um, in some ways um, and still be cost effective but there's pet dander and it will be there because while one flight may not have any pets the flight before may have um, there's also you know while the but while the pet may not be on the flight they may have or someone who owns the pet may have dander on their clothes on their baggage you know their overhead baggage and that will um you know be on board so just be kind of cognizant of that and aware of that so that even if you followed all of those guidelines there may still be pet dander now food allergies and again i've mentioned that nut is a you know one that can be very severe um you know, I know some of the other ones are like shellfish that you know, can trigger a very severe reaction very quickly. So um, ask about their policies about food allergies. And, you know, again, knowing that, um, you know, they used to hand out peanuts. And I think on my most recent flight, I was given peanuts as well. That was kind of their um, item that they passed out. And... I always carry wipes with me. Um, I mean, like even last week or the week before, I forget the day, when I went to have my car serviced, not only because of, you know, COVID, but because of everything else. I had my wipes and wiped everything down because the last thing I want is to somehow have a cross-contamination with something that I may have a sensitivity or allergy to. Um, so see if you can get on board and wipe around the area or see if they will do that for you um, and ask if there's a way that they can make sure no one else around you will be you know having something with nuts this is also an issue there were a few articles that I've read that I'm just going to use the term unconscionable about how some people may have been treated in regards to when they had allergies on a plane, but 
you know, it, it's, these are steps that you can try to take, but something I do want to emphasize is that whenever anybody takes some type of public transit, um, I know airplanes aren't really public transit, I guess I should say public transportation where, um, you know, you may be traveling with other people in a large confined space, planes, trains, buses, um, you know, just realize that even with all those precautions, there can still be some things to get, get through that while you know, a lot of people around you may respect the fact that you're allergic to nuts or something like that, others may you know, not even really understand and still may say take out a protein bar that has nuts in it, things like that. So just please be aware that even if you take all of these steps, you still need to take even you know, the other precautions of making sure that um, you do have your medication and EpiPen, which I know those are very expensive, um, but I will also be talking about something with you know, EpiPens on board. Um, and as I'm going, I really think the whole flying and accommodations is going to go on to a different episode. Um, now, one thing just to mention real quick, because um, it's not only for airplanes, um, and I did see this mentioned in one of the articles, but I think it was an AARP article, is while shopping Amazon for masks, no endorsement from Amazon, no promotion, just that's where I was looking, um, I saw these little nose filters, and that just seemed ingenious to me. Um, so, you know, even if you're in a car or a bus, you could be passing through areas of high pollen, things like having your air filters replaced on anything that has a filter is important. But I also thought, you know, just knowing that they have these little, um, literally nose filters, like they will go into your nostrils, they're fit so that they won't move. There's like a, um, there's a bar that goes across on this, um, I think it's called the septum in the, you know, the bottom of your nose so that it's not like you're going to inhale them because honestly, I saw that. I'm like, this is me. I will inhale those. Um, <laughs> so that's something, you know, to kind of look at. And I'm really thinking about getting some for myself. Um, now trains, there's actually something with Amtrak, which is very interesting. Um, but some of the same steps that you take with air follow by or follow with trains as well see if you can be on a car if there are animals you know on different cars that you can be on a different one um, if you're on a train ride that is more extensive and you'll be there for a while and they're giving you a meal again like with any place that might serve you a meal make sure you're asking about um, what type of food they may serve, call ahead and ask these questions. And, you know, if that's not feasible, you know, say everything is just all made together, ask if you can bring actually your own snacks or, you know, something that you can quickly prepare. Um, when you go to a hotel, make sure that you're booking one that is non-smoking, pet-free. Um, and then, you know, as an understanding of different types of invisible illnesses you know are coming to the forefront 
your hotel may actually have some rooms that are considered allergy friendly. Um, I, I think allergy friendly is the best term because again, I can't say allergy free because there is always, you know, even if you're, the room itself has been, you know, vacuum dusted, wiped down, there's always, you know, dander and other things that may stay on people's clothing. Now, just, um, you know, something quick too, um, when you're packing, you know, again, make sure you have meds, um, epinephrine, pens, um, make sure you have your insurance information, even though, again, if something comes up and it's an emergency, get to the hospital, you know, insurance can be taken care of later. Um, you know, take food with you if that's allowed. Um, whether it's for yourself or if you're traveling with a child, it would be, you know, what I would say is very important to make sure that you have access to snacks that, you know, they can have. Now, if you do have access or the ability to do this, see if you can pack those pillowcases or sheets that um, are considered, you know, allergy friendly as well. Um, make sure you have your inhaler, nebulizer, whatever you may use in case you do have an asthma attack. Um, in any of these situations, whether you're taking your medicine or, you know, you have inhalers or nebulizers, make sure you let the, um, the TSA and the airlines know exactly what they are for. Again, pack wipes. I find them very important. And, you know, just right now as well, just pack a mask, extra mask, lots of masks. Um, because even before, um, you know, COVID, if you have severe allergies, it would be a good idea, you know, to try to wear something to try to protect against it, even more so now. Um, you know, so pack multiple masks, just a quick PSA is a lot of people do not wash the masks as often as they should be. Um, or they're not, you know, using the air filters that you're supposed to use with um, the mask. So, you know, just make sure you have backups, not just one mask, but many, and make sure you have the air filters. Um, along the way, especially if you're driving or on a bus, kind of map your route, see, um, you know, what type of emergency medical facilities might be in the area. Um, Something that you may not think of immediately is trying to stay hydrated. That's important for um, everyone, but I know when I'm not hydrated as well, um, it affects my nose, my breathing. I get nosebleeds myself, you know, but you know, just take all those extra precautions. Um, hand washing, definitely, um, not just for COVID, but always, you know, you could be touching things that other people touch and have some type of cross. Um, contamination. Um, now, this is a good reminder, again, looking at the AAFA um, tips and suggestions, is a reminder that some allergy medication can cause drowsiness. I know I mentioned that I have my infusion tomorrow and I have to get Benadryl um, beforehand, and they sometimes say it's funny because I'll try to, you know, be telling a story or talking to someone because, you know, my infusion schedule tends to fall in the same schedule as a few others. So, 
after a few years, I've kind of gotten to know people. So I'll be trying to talk to them and you know, she's giving me the Benadryl and at some point and just, they can tell I'm fighting it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to close my eyes. Um, I usually don't fall asleep, but it does make me drowsy for a little while. So just an understanding of that, as well as checking for any, um, oh, I don't want to say side effects. Um, I'm trying to think of the word, the I guess the interaction with certain medications, kind of um, coincidentally, I did actually have this issue. Um, I had taken some Benadryl. I also took my blood pressure medication and I didn't realize the interactions that might occur with them. And so, a, you know, a couple times I felt really, really dizzy. I was having really a bad time of it. And I was listening to a podcast, though, about plane safety. And one of the commentators actually mentioned interactions between certain medications with, you know, not the specific name brand of something I had taken, but it was actually about the same types of medications and how they can interact. And I'm like, oh, wow. You know, so it's very important to take a look at any of those interactions, um, you know, because you might be fine if you're taking one medication, you're fine with the other, but if you take them very close together, you know, it, it could cause an issue. So my doctor's like, no, don't take them together. So, um, you know, again, you will never be 100% safe. I know that's hard to hear but we can only control ourselves. It's those things that we can't control like other people, um, where some, I guess you would say some issues could arise. Now, I guess I, I kind of knew I would be going over and, you know, I do have a lot of really, I don't want to say exciting, but maybe interesting is the best thing to say. Um, you know, as far as getting into a few more specifics, um, different articles about things that have happened. And I, um, I don't want to say ironically, coincidentally, you know, um, I'm talking about, you know, traveling. And there was actually a celebrity, a model, um, you may have seen it, who was upset because she had traveled with her dog before. She said it was pre-approved, but when they got there, he was not allowed to board. So as a pet owner, I understand. If you're traveling, you've gotten the pre-approval, you know, then you're expecting to take your dog. But this is where, you know, it's important to call as close as you can you know, to your flight to find out if anything has changed. So, um, you know, again, as a pet owner, I know, you know, our little guy is so important to all of us. It's a little cat because of course, you know, I can't have a dog. Um, and you know, he's just, he's taken our heart. He's our baby. So if I had expected to travel with him, I would be heartbroken too. Um, but for one, I, I probably would not travel with him on a plane because, he wouldn't be used to it. I don't want to put him through that. Um, this celebrity, Olivia Culpo, um, like I said, some of you may have seen it. 
Um, you know, it was a very small dog, so it could fit on the plane easily within the carrier. Um, but it sounds like he has flown many, many times, and at least two previous times with this particular airline. So, you know, it's it's an understanding that things may change. In her case, you know, I don't know if something occurred where, you know, someone might have called ahead and had allergies or if the policies just changed and we'll get into another policy in the next episode that does affect flying with animals, you know, but, you know, the situations are kind of fluid sometimes, you know, so again, kind of a reason to call ahead. So I guess I will end right here. I really thought I'd be a little bit further along um, <laughs> in some of the topics, but you know, I sometimes can be a very talkative person. So, you know, um, I don't claim to be any type of expert. I've just lived with allergies pretty much my whole life. Um, I don't think the technical term is outgrow, but, you know, as my body's changed, I, I can actually eat some things that I didn't used to be able to eat, you know, where I'd been hospitalized before as a child. Um, with some of these allergies so you know as with travel sometimes just life is fluid and I just know that I try to respect the fact that others will have allergies that I don't have um, I hope that others understand that you know it's it's not a one-size-fits-all approach um, you may have heard me say in some previous episodes that, um, you know, if everybody were the same, the world would be a pretty boring place. That's more in regards to personality. In this type of situation, you know, everybody's not the same. And because of that, we need to respect each other's differences and also embrace the similarities. So, you know, hopefully, you know, airlines transportation services they can keep their ears open and listen for those who are trying to have their voices heard okay so next week I will continue with this I will try to condense things and not you know go on and on about certain things I apologize if I did um, but I do want to talk a little bit more about some examples in you know the next episode about airline policies, how they may have changed over the last years, what we may need to do to try to force some legislation through that looks like it hasn't moved in a while. So um, again, I will put my links, um, which are actually only a couple since I didn't get through everything. Um, I will put my links in the description. I'll also have my contact information um, in case you have any ideas about any future episodes. Um, if you want links to maybe other things, um, you know, say if you've read an article and, you know, ask if I've seen other articles about something else, just, um, you know, shoot me an email. That would be great um, to hear from someone and get some ideas and understanding of, you know, what other people may have as well. Um, we have individual voices, but together we can be heard. I've seen that saying in, you know, just slightly different variations in a lot of places. And so, yes, we are one voice. 
our voices need to be heard together, but also recognize you know, that everybody's needs are not the same, but, you know, being able to embrace the differences too can actually make us stronger as a community of those who have an invisible illness, who have allergies. You know, it will be a way of actually helping to support each other and make us stronger. All right. So thank you everyone for, you know, sticking through with the end and you know, next week's episode, you know, we'll focus more on specifics in flying. And then um, I've mentioned before, I've had an interview with someone with AAFA and I'll go over some kind of startling numbers. And I was hoping to actually put that episode here and then talk more about travel a little bit later. But the numbers in those, um, those articles, the studies that were actually done are just unbelievable. Just unbelievable is the word that I can say um, about disparities in asthma, um, healthcare, asthma treatment, and how it can affect different communities um, or communities in different ways than you know each other. So, um, Thank you once again, and I will be talking to you soon. Bye.